Exodus 14, beginning in verse 28. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Now we have to remember, they were in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. They were in slavery, bondage, oppression. They were, they were all messed up. Their whole mindset was, was totally off of God's timeline or God's track for their lives because they were oppressed so long. Some of you can relate to that because when we came to Christ, we had been oppressed by the enemy for many years. We had been in and out of jails, doing different things, whatever the case may be. We could have even been goody-goodies. Is this on? You can be a goody-goody and still be in bondage. But see, God sent the deliverer named Moses to the children of Israel. And, and God brought nine plagues to Israel. And Pharaoh kicked the children of Israel out. He didn't want any more plagues. See, they even took the Egyptians' gold, silver, and jewelry. They looted them. They took everything they had. It's kind of like how we would do it. Amen. I guess I'm just talking to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. But then he pursues them. He, he, he said, you know what? I shouldn't have let them go. And he wanted to get them back. He wanted to reclaim the slaves, and he sent 600 of his best chariots, all the captains with them, over every one of them. And then we read in Exodus 14, 13 and 14, read this. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still. Everybody say, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. See, when you look at that word stand still in the Hebrew, it's talking about expectations. It's talking about expectations. See, the problem with the Israelites, because of the bondage of sin in their life for 400 years and all those generations past, they had low expectations. They expected their worst. In fact, they lost their peace. You know, sometimes the thing the enemy will do, he'll try to take your peace. You're trying to stand still and expect great things from God, but he will take your peace. And you begin to worry about this, and you begin to worry about that. How can I do this? And, how, and we begin to try to figure out how to accomplish things on our own. Instead of standing still and expecting God to move. Are you guys with me? See, after 400 years of slaves, Israel was out of bondage. They were even thinking it was over. They thought that chapter of their lives was done. That they would never again have to have the sting of the taskmasters upon their back. That they would never have oppression again within their lives and the enemy over their lives. You know, sometimes when we get saved, we think, okay, now it's going to be easy. Now it's going to be easy street. Praise the Lord. I'm a Christian. 
The enemy's not going to attack me anymore. The devil's not going to go after me anymore. I'm on easy street. Well, I would say easy, brother. See, Pharaoh didn't want it to end just like the devil doesn't want it to end with you. See, he still wanted them under his dominion. How many know that the devil doesn't let go easy? The devil doesn't want to give up territory upon your life. He wants to steal your children. He wants to steal your job. He wants to take your things. He wants to take your salvation if he can. He wants to do whatever he can to disrupt the plan of God upon your life. The problem is, because of the bondage of the past, sometimes the devil will try to get in bed with us and we'll roll over and give him the pillow. We say, come on, devil. I'm used to this now. It's okay. Come on in. Rape my mind. Ooh, it got quiet in here. That's not a beeper, I don't think. I don't think I'll get bleeped for that. But you never know. Pharaoh didn't want it to end. The devil doesn't let go. But let me tell you today, people, he's losing the fight. The devil is losing the fight. I didn't come here just to preach. I came to here to declare an end to the devil's work upon your life. See, the word of God is our anchor. The word of God brings change. It shifts things. It changes seasons. It brings things back to life and even kills things that need to die. The word creates a beginning and it establishes an end. See, many of you today are going to see an end. And you're going to say, praise the Lord, end it. You're going to reach that end. I don't know what it is in your life that's been trying to destroy you. I don't know if it's physical, if it's spiritual, if it's emotional, if it's financial, or even if it's relational. But here's what God says about it in Nam 1.9. What do you conspire against the Lord? He will make an utter end of it. Affliction will not rise up a second time. Everybody say, end it. How many times have you and I faced situation and even faced circumstance where we wish it would just stop? Just stop. End it already. I'm tired of going around this hill. I'm tired of beating around this bush. How many times have you looked at the mountains, the trials, and the giants, and you heard the devil say, it's always going to be like this. You know, when the devil has you down, he's going to say, it's always going to be like this. You're always going to have this issue. You're always going to have this problem. You're never going to get ahead. It's always going to be like this. And you just want it to end. And what does the devil say? You might as well accept it. And you know the sad thing is? Many times we do. We accept it because we think that's how it's supposed to be. But that's not what the Word of God says. See, I, I came to stir up the rebel in you. Usually you don't hear that from behind the pulpit, right? I want you to rebel today. Not against God, but against the enemy in your life. 
everything that's contrary to the word of God, I want you to rebel against. The devil is a liar. He wants to take you out. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up and think it's always going to be like this. Nothing's ever going to change. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. See, if it's contrary to the word of God, it's not normal. Are you hearing me? I don't care how long it existed. I don't care how long you've suffered with it. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's not normal. You may have learned to coexist with it. You may have learned to live with it and even accept it. But let me tell you something right now. It's not normal. It's not normal. Cancer is not normal. Sugar diabetes is not normal. Heart trouble is not normal. Liver problems are not normal. Arthritis is not normal. Division in your marriage is not normal. Always striving to pay your bills and never getting ahead, that's not normal. Living in debt is not normal. We are a son of the king. And it's not normal for us to always struggle, to always say, oh, I'll never make it. But it's all a mindset. The devil's lying to us and say, you'll never get ahead. You'll never be able to do it. You'll be stuck. And we put out the SOS. We're stuck on stupid because the devil has lied to us. I want you to rebel against that. There might even be a history of cancer or heart trouble or diabetes in your family line, in your bloodline, but it's not normal. You have a new bloodline. You have a new DNA. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. New DNA. You got a new bloodline. You ain't bound by sin no more. You ain't bound by disease no more. You ain't bound by sickness no more. You ain't bound by debt no more. I don't care if your family tree has drug addicts and addicts and wife beaters. It don't matter. You're new. Hello, don't laugh, Pastor Greg. Come on now. Don't laugh. I couldn't believe it when I had a slingshot on one day, you know. And uh, somebody goes, why well, you got wife beaters? What? You call them wife beaters? I never beat my wife. I'm too afraid. <laughs> Let's be real. Hello. She got a lot of brothers. And they all got guns. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love my wife. With all my heart. Where would I be without her? I'd still be in the home. Amen. Just kidding, guys. That would have been like 25 years in the home. I think that's too much. <laughs> See, you will never rebel against what's abnormal and out of order until you're convinced of God's normal. I want you to get that, let that sink into your spirit. Until you're convinced of God's normal, you'll never, you'll never walk in God's normal. You'll never believe in God's normal. You'll always be stuck in the abnormal because you think that's normal, but it's not. Once we got saved, everything changed. We are a new creation. We're not the same. We got a new bloodline. We got new DNA. We got new family. Amen? We're different. Sickness can't be normal. 
when Jesus took 39 stripes for our sickness, for our disease. It's not normal. I don't care what the doctor says. If we listened to the doctor, we'd already be in the tomb. Is this on? The devil, I mean, the devil uses doctors too. God uses them as well. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I'm not saying that. You know, I have a doctor. I have a liver spray. I have all that. Yeah, I got to do that because I got to use wisdom. But when they say that I'm really, really sick, no, I'm not. I'm going to the gym. Forget you. I ain't sick. Hello. I'm just going to eat right <laughs> and exercise. No more jack in the box. Hallelujah. No dollar tacos. Not good. Use wisdom. But if Jesus took 39 stripes for your miracle, why can't you receive it? Why can't you accept it as God's normal? God says, you got it. You, you're it. That's it. I did it for you. Amen? Somebody should give Jesus a hand clap for that. He gave his life for you. He gave you everything. Poverty and lack cannot be normal. When God says, I will make you the lender and not the borrower. Why do you got to be in debt? Live in your means. By all means. You know, we want to live like somebody else. No, 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 no. You don't live, you don't live in a mansion. You live in Hayward. <laughs> or close by. Amen. <laughs> if you lived in a mansion, then you could live like you're living in a mansion. But you're not. Our mansion comes later. Let's live in our means by all means right now. Our mansion will come where the plumbing's not going to break, where the electricity's not going to go off. Amen? Where there's no more pain and sorrow. See, how can fighting and arguing be normal in a marriage? It can't be. Our marriages are supposed to mirror the image of church, Jesus Christ and his relationship to the church. How could arguing be normal? How could fighting be normal? It's supposed to show the love. Are you with me? Just like Christ loves the church and the church loves Christ. That's how you have to be in your marriage. Does that mean you always like each other? No. But you'll die for each other because you love each other. Amen? Are you always going to agree? No. No. Fight responsibly. <laughs> we should make should make a commercial. If you're going to fight, do it responsibly. You know? <laughs> Amen? Everything must be in love. Living in a yoke of fear and anxiety and worry and stress is not normal. Because the Bible says what God is getting ready to do in your life is going to be so awesome that you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. That's what God says. He's drowning your enemies. They're going down right now. Do you believe that? And tell your neighbor, my enemy's going down. Tell the other side. God bless all ten of you. The rest of you need to believe it because God said it. 
Sickness and disease is going down. Addiction and bondage is going down. Depression is going down. Poverty and lack is going down. Marriage problems are going down. Worry and stress are going down. That's what the Bible says. That is the normal of God. Unless you see the normal, you're not going to believe it. Here's what God says for you to do. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and he will show you today. For the Egyptians which you have seen today, you shall see them again no more, forever. They're not going to keep coming back. You've got to expect God to move. Remember, standing still, expectations. In other words, what God is really saying here is just stand over there and watch me work. Watch me work. Stand over there and praise me. You're not getting this. Let me tell you something. You know, we sing that song, I give my life away. When you give your life away, you give it to God, and you praise God that he's taking it. See, when you got a problem, you got a problem in your life, you got something going on in your life that you can't handle, what do you do? You surrender it to God. You lift your hands in praise. You begin to worship Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And let me tell you something, he's going to take over. When you're sick and you're laying in bed and you can't move, lift your hands and begin to praise God because he's about to do something great within your life. You praise him and he'll take care of business. But if you sit there and try to figure it out on your own, you're trying to work it out yourself, you're not going to make it. You're not understanding the normal of God. The normal of God is this. We do this and he does that. When the glory goes up, when the praise goes up, the glory comes down. Has anybody got enough faith just to stand still and praise God as he's working even before he works. When you feel like all hell is breaking loose around you, you can't make it, you can't go another step, but then you understand, you know what? I need to raise my hand. I need to raise my heart. I need to worship God like there's no tomorrow. And all of a sudden he goes, you know what? Oh, they love me no matter what they're going through. I better show up. And when he shows up, he always shows off. See, the more you praise him, get this, the bigger he gets. The bigger he gets. Not for him, for you. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he parted the Red Sea, when he brought the plagues on you, he's still that God. But until you learn to praise him, he's not going to get big in your life. You guys with me today? How are we going to start out next year? Praising God? Or are we going to sit there and cower because the devil's got control? Oh, i got to worry about my taxes. No, you don't. Forget those taxes. We're going to tax the devil today, and God's going to move. The more you praise him, the more power is released. The more you praise him, the more confused the devil gets. He can't handle it when you praise God. He doesn't know what to do. The more you praise him, the more faith is going to rise up within your life. The more you praise him, the more joy is going to come. See, my, while Moses' hands were raised on the mountain, Joshua won in the valley. You want to win in the valley? Oh, go to that mountain and raise your hands. 
Go to that mountain and raise your hands and begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and everything will fall into place. See, the problem with us is we try to figure it out instead of just praising God anyhow. No matter what you're going through, man, we all go through stuff. We all go through things. Life happens. But the author of life has a plan. If only we surrender to him. Are you guys with me? See, when you raise your hand and your voice to God, guess who's fighting your battle? Not you, God. Because that's what he does. See, there's some things that God does expect from us and does require from us. He requires us to read his word and to learn his will. When you're reading his word, you got ammunition. When the fight comes, you're ready. It becomes reflexive, a reflexive action. It's like a boxer. If a boxer don't train, he has no reflexive action. I don't care how good he is, he's going to lose. But when he does things without thinking about it, <laughs> all of a sudden, man, he's like, bam, bam, bam. Why? Because he did it a million times in the gym. A million times. He don't have to think about it. It becomes a reality, a reflexive action. It's the same thing when the word is hidden in our hearts. We know how to fight reflexively. We don't have to think about, oh, give me my Bible. I got to No, because it's in you. The word of God is in you, and God is in you. Amen? And learn his will. See, once you find out the will of the Father, what can I say about the will of God? You know, he has an individual will for each and every one of us. But until you find it and you begin to walk in it, you're not a whole person. You're not whole. There's something missing in your life. Even though you're saved, you're sanctified, you're going to heaven, there's still something missing. But when you find his perfect will for your life, then you're complete. Then you're whole. And you got joy, abundant joy. And you know for sure, because you've hidden the word in your heart and you pray and you know your master, that he's showing up for you. He's showing up for you. I remember being in the Philippines, man, and the pastor took off. He went to the States, and I'm there, the home director, directing the home. I had 55 guys in a two-bedroom place. <laughs> we had Filipinos everywhere. Filipino, Filipino. Everywhere. I had triple decker beds. They were stacked on those, the stairs, the floor, everywhere. You had to walk around like this just to get around the Filipinos. But one thing I learned out there God is my provider. I remember we didn't have any food, nothing. All we had was a little bit of rice left. And they ate it all for breakfast. I mean, no, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's all about rice. So rice is nice. Here we say beans and rice in Jesus Christ. There's mungo and rice in Jesus Christ. Amen. But I remember we, we ran out of food, and I was worried. I'm thinking, oh, my God, i got to feed 55 guys, and there's only 23 pesos in the account. 50 cents. Nothing. Nothing. 
So I'm, I'm all pulling my hair out. That's why I'm like this. I'm worried. And God says, don't you remember when I healed you? Don't you remember when I set you free? Don't you remember when I did this? Don't you remember when I did that? I said, oh, that's right. These are your guys. You take care of them. I'm done. If they leave, it's your fault. And that's what I said to God. Ooh, good thing you didn't strike me down. Amen. But about an hour later, there was a knock on the door. And this ministry brought sacks of rice, like I don't know how many sacks, sacks of rice. They brought all these meat and all this canned food and all this stuff that we could never afford to buy. And then also they gave me an envelope and I put it in my pocket. And when they left, they gave us a little Bible study and they took off. And I went back in the room to, to thank God for what he's done, you know. I was broken. God says, I'm not done. Look in your pocket. So I pull it out, and it was a couple thousand pesos, a couple thousand dollars or pesos, and that was just enough to get the battery for the van because we couldn't drive to church. See, when God gives you a blessing, he takes care of business. All you got to do is let go and let God. When you begin to praise God, you begin to worship God, he takes control of your issue, of your problem. Those guys stayed in the home. Many are still serving God today. Many are in leadership. Many are in different parts of the Philippines in leadership in different churches. But God was on the move because we learned to trust God. He will fight your battle. Amen? See, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, you fasted, you confessed the word, you rebuked the devil, you plead the blood, you shouted the name of Jesus, then God says, I will take it from here. Stand still and expect God to move. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Whatever you're going through today, you stretch out the rod, I'll divide the Red Sea, he says. You walk around the walls and I'll knock them down. You stand on my word, I'll rebuke that cancer. You prophesy to the wind and I'll make these dry bones live again. You sow your seed and I'll bring a harvest. You stand still and praise me and I'll loosen those bands and I'll open prison doors. See, that's what God will do if you only let him do it. See, I know I'm talking to some people like the children of Israel. You feel that the enemy has the upper hand. You feel that you've been backed into a corner. Your back's against the wall. You feel trapped. You feel like you can't move forward. You're stuck. See, this may not make sense to you, but this is a great place to be. God, God's different than us. His ways are higher than us. Because now you're ready to go into the faith dimension. When you feel you can't do it, that's where God wants you. Because then you've got to rely on him. That's right where he wants you to be. See, God led them into a trap. Are you catching this? He led them into a trap at the Red Sea. There was no way out, only one way. And that was only a door God could open. Number one, he removed their dependence upon what they could see, what they could feel, what they could hear. 
to show them how to walk by faith and not by sight. To show them that this victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, to show them the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To show them that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And I want to tell you the same thing, that when you feel like you're backed against the wall, God is saying it's okay because that wall means nothing to me. I want to show you how to live by faith and not by sight. Secondly, God purposely led them into a trap to draw out their enemies. See, when your enemy thinks that you're trapped and you're helpless, you're down and you can't get up, they become brave. And all of a sudden they expose themselves. They want to come in for the kill. But that's exactly what God wanted. He wanted them to see them as weak and can't get away and they're stuck and they're going to get it. But God, that's what God wanted. He wanted to expose their enemies. So when you feel that God is exposing the enemies, when you feel you're trapped and your back's against the wall and all these bill collectors, all these things are happening, God is revealing the enemy. And thirdly, God purposely led him into a trap to bring an end to their enemies. See, it was a setup for a takedown. God set him up for a takedown. He said, today I'm going to put a period and an end to this chapter of your life. End it. This enemy that's oppressed you, abused you, persecuted, and made you miserable, this enemy that's cheated you, stole from you, this enemy that has made you slaves out of your own children and tried to destroy your destiny, today it's over. I'm going to end them. This is the end. It's an end to an ugly chapter in their life. Just like it's an end to an ugly chapter in your life. God is exposing the enemy. This is an end to the grief and the pain and the misery, to the guilt and shame. It's an end to sickness. Even that sickness that's trying to take your life, it's an end. It's the end from running from your past. It's the end of struggling over debt. It's an end to living in fear of what people think and say about you. Who cares? Who cares what people think? Who cares what people say? As long as you're in a right relationship with God, who cares? They didn't die for you. They didn't go to the cross for you. They didn't rise to the grave for you. No, only Christ did. What he thinks cares and matters, nothing else. Are you guys with me today? Are we about ready to end this thing? Got to end running from your past. It's the end of being manipulated and intimidated and dominated by different circumstances of life and even the opinions of others. Who cares? Who cares what people think? They're going to talk about you. Praise the Lord. When somebody comes and tells me, oh, they're saying this about you, and they're saying, tell them to get in line. Who cares? They're not going to change my life. They're not going to do anything good for me. And if I think about that and I dwell on that, I'm back in that position again. I'm back against that wall where I can't get out. And the devil's got me. But if you pray for them, Jesus loves you, brother. Don't even tell him you know. Ooh.
Hello. It's like putting coals on their head. Not just cold, hot coals. Time to get hot. But that's what happens when you show love to your enemy. Who cares what they say? Reverse the curse. Amen? See, when they looked the next morning, they saw all the Egyptians that were dead on shore, that washed up. Not one of them escaped. I know it may sound impossible, but God wants to give you a complete victory. But you got to want it. There's people sitting here today that don't want it. Most of you do. But there's people sitting here that don't. They're playing church. Can I be real? And you're struggling with the same thing for year after year after year, month after month, because you don't want to change. You don't want victory. You're afraid of victory. You're afraid to, to be successful. You're afraid to, to allow God to use you. So you stay wallowed in your sin. You stay wallowed in that bondage. The enemy's got you back against the wall. That's not God's normal. That's the devil's normal, but we don't want that. See, we've got used to a temporary and partial victory. I'll have victory this month, but next month I'm going to mess up again. It's already in our mind. Some of us are sitting there thinking, right, how can I mess up? You've already messed up. As a man thinketh. See, God wants to give you a complete and permanent victory. He wants to bring it to a total end. This affliction will not rise up again. Today is your day for victory. Today is your day to say goodbye to pain and hello to joy. Hello to peace. Are you with me? As the keyboard and the worship team comes. I'm about to end it. And I didn't make you sit through a long sermon. Amen? Because we're going to end it pretty today. We're going to end it right here where you're going to get your victory, where God's going to move in your life. That's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about God. If we learn anything today, let us learn to surrender, to praise God no matter what we're going through. We're not all fighting the same battles today, but we're fighting, every one of us. If you say you're not fighting a battle, then you're not telling the truth. And you're in the battle because of that. We're all fighting battles. See, we have enemies that have been sent to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. But today is your day to look up on the shore and see your enemy removed from your life forever. Does that mean you're not going to be tempted? You're not going to be attacked? No. I'm not saying that. You still are. The devil's not going to quit. He's not going to give up. But you're going to have victory. Because you learned how to fight. You're not going to let him take control.